All right, here we go. Episode 60 of the Motown Rundown. Maybe, not quite sure. A little different setup here today uh, as we are working remotely because the studio that we record this at got shut down. So we are. This is bizarre, by the way. We're doing this on a video chat. All three of us are looking at each other through through a little, like, one-inch window. It's kind of wild. It's Zoom. Yeah, it's Zoom. Zoom. Well, okay, yeah, I guess I should just say what it is because a lot of people use this software. It is Zoom. You're it would be Zoom. nice to have Zoom stock right now. Dude, it went up like what? Like, I think like $80. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> yeah, dude, probably. That's what everyone's no, using. I was concerned I, when all the schools shut down because I was like, who's going to – is everyone going to be using Zoom? Like, is Zoom server going to die? Pretty good, Zoom. Pretty we good. Are, we we are officially we are officially living in a simulation. Uh, these whatever happened, I don't even know what the change was between what they did in Michigan uh, as far as locking things down. Like I don't really understand the difference of what's been going on. I've just been sitting in my house, and when I'm not in my house, I'm at the studio either doing Green and White Report or doing Motown Rundown with you guys. But uh, the studio has been officially shut down until further notice. So. All that really means for us is that we're doing these podcasts via Zoom. Again, shout out Zoom. Um, So for you guys, the listeners, we already posted on Facebook today that we will not be doing Facebook Lives for for the foreseeable future because I don't know if it's possible to get more than one people on a Facebook Live video. But uh, we are here. We'll still have episodes up by Thursday or Friday. Fingers crossed. Um, for the time being, you can go like our Facebook page, just search the Motown rundown, or you can follow us on Twitter at Motown underscore rundown. Uh, we'll give you updates there as far as when we're getting back in the studio and that's where we'll be posting our episodes. Uh, also subscribe on Apple podcasts and follow us on Spotify. This also, I think we're going to put this up as a video version on the YouTube page. I don't know. Who knows? That's actually that's a really good idea right there. I mean, my hair lo- my hair looks fantastic, so <laughs> why not? I expected nothing less, Collins. Looking sharp over there. But, yeah, you look uh, great. And by the you way, see the outfit? you want to see the fit? Yeah, yeah. What do you want to see it? Sweats. Nice. Yeah. yeah. I didn't bring up. Those are good, Dude. like Michigan State, like CVS sweatpants that your mom picked up. Like, oh yeah, you, you might want to wear these when it gets cold. Like, you're ever gonna wear them outside of your house. Well, I did not pack properly to go home because I figured I'd be back up there on Wednesday. Not, I mean, once they shut down, I was like, why would I go back up there if I'm already here? Like, and once they shut down the studio, there was no reason for me to go back to East Lansing. So I'm working with like two outfits. So (laughs) I I, I, I get strappy in the old closet. I love it. Yeah, well, you always talk about how you can still fit in the stuff that used to fit you a long time ago. So that's nice. Yeah, because I was a fat. I was going to say... Uh, hey, we don't have to worry. Or, we do not have to worry about the reasoning. The fact of the matter is, you got close. Yeah, to I know. You just got to scrap a little bit, you know? From, like, sixth grade to, like, senior year. I was fl- I, like, I, I could fit into every single clothes I bought in that time period. <laughs> I love it. Um, I guess, and more quarantine talk, uh, this is a thing that's been bothering me, and I figure we just like for our little segment of the show where we just talk about nonsense that's not related to sports. The one thing that's killing me about quarantine, social media is like the only thing that I had to do with my time now. If it's not nice, like today it was nice outside. I was chipping around my backyard, just ripping ball, ripping pinnacle balls off my garage. Um, but the social media trends that are going around now can't do it. I'm so sick and tired of it, and I don't want to yeah. throw anyone under the bus because our dear friend Julian. 
nominated. I think all of us to do the push-up challenge. Yeah, no shot, Julian. I'm sorry, man. So I, I, I commend him for doing that. I, I succumb to the, uh, to the dog, see a dog, send a dog type deal because that's like kind of cute. It's not about me. I can't do it. This whatever this picture thing is going around today about the until tomorrow. Or just how it's all it's all trends that are going. There's on. way too many of them too. There's like eight of them, and I don't even know what's going on. It's like they're all different. Yeah, C ten, do ten, or C one, send one. And I, I just we don't can't. Get it. We Not cannot about it. just continue for the next three weeks. I'm gonna blow my face off. I I think we we got to start a trend. We should all no, put like a PSA on our trend. no, it's like put trend. a PSA on our story and say stop doing these. How is that a trend then? Because then people start to pick up on it. I don't know. The Antichrist of Instagram story trends. Yeah. I, right. th- the thing about it, though, there's, like, no good cause for any of this. It's just, like, to do it. Yeah. And yeah. I saw something, too, that was, like, oh, like, do this to spread, like, COVID-19 awareness. I'm, like, if you're not aware of COVID-19, where the, like, <laughs> yeah. what, do you, what do you want from me? How yeah, are, who are you how helping? Are helping anyone by doing Exactly. That? Yeah. Everyone. Yeah, we don't it. have any of that. None of that. I'm gonna be honest. I don't like the C one send one dog thing. I was out on that too. I was like, if I if seeing a dog is gonna make me feel better that I can't go out for three weeks and do things and watch sports for probably another like two months, yeah, that's not gonna make me feel better. So like, and people will be like, yeah, I love dogs and stuff. I like sports more than dogs, and I don't care what anyone says. It's yeah. not close either. So like, I, I, I sign with you. Yeah, it, it, nothing's gonna make me feel better, and then like. I guess they're working out every once in a while. Be like, uh, clear the mind. Like, yeah, act like nothing's really wrong. But like, the fact I, I still can't get over the fact that tomorrow should be Sweet Sixteen Thursday, and, and it just wants to. It's just so frustrating. I yeah. I when, you, when you say it so like much. that, it's like time's been flying low key. Now that we got nothing it, to uh, yeah. do, it's like it's the Sweet Sixteen supposed to start tomorrow. That's insane. That's crazy. Yeah. That makes it feel like it's been flying right by. So I don't have like an Xbox or an Xbox One. So I brought up my old 360. And I know everyone's probably seen what Big Cat's doing with the old NCAA football. It's hilarious. So yeah. So, so it, it like inspired me to get my NCAA 10 basketball game with Blake Griffin on the cover. And, and Coach Ryan Collins is leading the UDM Titans into greatness on NCAA basketball time. You like you, Detroit Mercy? Yeah, baby. They're the highest <laughs> difficulty fantastic. level in the game. That's fantastic. I respect you for that. I commend you. We run a high-tempo offense. It's a lot of ball movement, a lot of shooting threes. We had a big win against Auburn to start the year off. It's been a good start for the boys. Yeah, dude. That's the best thing about those games is when you can go in your playbooks and, like, switch the tendencies and everything and just make it a run-and-gun offense. And and trust me, I'm getting after it on the recruiting trail, too. I'm going to be an aggressive (laughs) recruiter. My assistants might be handing out some duffel bags, but I love it. I love what we're doing so far. How much time a day day do you spend on that? And all, like, be honest. Well, I just got started today. I was probably on it for like an hour. I, it doesn't like change those numbers up. It doesn't change the fact that we still have school. Like, I had to do a bunch of school stuff today. Yeah, right. and, like on the weekends and other stuff, I'm gonna be so bored. Like I'm gonna have to do like find things to do, and now probably be one of those. But like during the week, I still we still have like school to do. Yeah. Well, yeah, just see, know. rumor has it we're going to pass fail. Which like, I saw whatever that. With that. Whatever with Who that. Who cares? What do you mean whatever? Miss me with mean? that, dude. Miss me with that noise. I don't care. I I, I heard my grades. Absolutely. 
I live and die. Well, it doesn't matter. It doesn't. So you're say you two pointed class and they give you the option to pass fail. You're going to take the two point. No, I'm taking the pass, but I need, I think yeah. I'm in a good spot. I'm doing really well in my classes this semester to where I, I want to take that GPA, get my GPA up a bit. Well, you can. You can. You've earned that. I know. No, I'm, you can. But who broke that, by the way? I, impact. Impact. Who, who, though? How? How? Who? Where are these? Yeah, listen, listen I will, I, I do not want to let too much out of the bag, but I will say, I will say this. Well, I, I don't know. I'm not, I don't know why I'm being secretive about this. Joe Dandrin texted us last night and was like, he found out from Olivia Mitchell, our station manager. Station, I should totally know what she does, but she was she was at the meeting with manager. Well, she was at the president with uh, she's at the meeting with the president Stanley, and like he voted. I think again, none of this confirmed by major news. Yeah, but. Our hey, sources, come on, impact, impact, major news source, come on. This is Boomer yeah, dude, I know, I know, I know. If, I if we miss on, if we miss on this, we lose all credibility we've ever had. This oh, is a sure. home run swing. It's a home run swing. No, I will say this though, I wasn't happy that we didn't have a name behind it. You need a name, like per. Yeah. You got to put your name on, like yeah. putting the whole station. You kind of, it's. You got to slap some credibility on it. You know I, what this I, is? I, this is Delman Young, twenty twelve. 2012 ALCS where he batted like 450. This is that, that's yeah. what this is. How what? home run swing? The home or swing? <laughs> How does that have to do with anything? Because I'm swing. trying to make a good analogy. We're trying to we're trying to get Impact's name out there a little bit. I I hope we're not compared to Delmanion in any sense of <laughs> guy's not a good dude. All right, all right. I I concede. Okay, should we get into the sports? Let, let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, well, obviously, again, as we are living in a simulation of no sports, there are no Red Wings, uh, Tigers, or Pistons to talk about, but we do have Lions stuff. Uh, a couple things to do today. We will talk recent Lions transactions. We also did a mock draft. Each of us, I hope, did our mock drafts. Colin, all right. Good job. I did it I did it twice because it wouldn't save my players like when I did the it. First oh I hope mine's still saved. The first time I did mine, I'm pretty sure Joe Burrow fell to the Lions at three and I wasn't comfortable making that decision, so I restarted <laughs> it. That's a little too point. much. We will be doing the mock draft out in the Who Am I today. We'll kick off or we'll end the show rather with Ryan Collins. I you prepared for the Who Am I? Well, look at Collins today. Unbelievable. Okay, uh, first things first. This happened, I'm pretty sure, moments after we ended the Facebook Live last week, which is pretty typical of how things work for our show. Um, not a huge deal, but kind of A'shaun Robinson signing with the Rams. I don't – look, is, they have the Lions have so much money. I, they might have the most cap space in the league right now, if my memory serves me correctly. But um, not a signing that I'm going to, like, lose sleep over. But they let Ashawn walk to the Rams. I think he signed for like two years. It might have been close to – I don't even know how much they paid him. But I don't know. Thoughts, opinions, like, are we upset about this? I Here's – okay, before I let you guys go, this is my thing that irritates me about the Lions, and it's going to get roped into the Slay thing too. I don't know why the Lions refuse to sign guys past their rookie deals. Why is it so hard? I don't get it. I think a lot of what it is now is that we got this whole Patriot way thing going on, <clears throat> excuse me, which means two things. One, you move off of guys a year early before their other contracts end, and then you don't resign them after their rookie deals and let everyone else overpay for them. I'm not saying that's going to work. But that's just what the Lions are trying to do. That's, that's probably the explanation. I don't know. 
Well, I like I think me and Trent have talked about this and probably you too, Rubenowitz, but like they just like factually like once Patricia got into town, Ashawn was trying to blackball. Yeah. Like 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 the year before Patricia came, Ashawn was like a monster. And like like you were like, Oh, this was a really good draft pick. And I, I still think it's a good draft pick, but like I'm not like I, I just feel like they mismanaged him and I feel like he will be a guy who is successful for the LA Rams. Oh, yeah. And you know what? I, I remember, Collins, you said something a few weeks ago because we were talking about how the Lions are probably going to let Glasgow walk. And I remember you saying they're also going to let Aishon walk, and wherever he goes, he will be great. So I agree. I agree. I think he's going to be really good wherever he's at. And to answer the question, he's got a two-year, $17 million deal. Which the isn't Rams. crazy. No, not crazy. Not crazy. But, again, it's like why can't the Lions open the checkbook? Like, make that deal. We can I'm, make I mean, that deal. I'm going to be completely honest. I have no idea what the Lions cap space is because, like, mid-season, I thought they were, like, in cap hell when they traded Dids because I thought that was, like, the only reason they did that. But not, like, Rabinowitz is saying they got the most cap space. Very confused on that front. I also do not get NFL contracts. I understand that most of them, like, the, like the money that is, like, said to be on the deal is usually not what it is because half of it's usually guaranteed. And, like, teams can cut guys after two years and not have to pay the guy at all, basically. But, like, I, I just, like, I don't get how glass starts like, 50. And, like, you know, know what I'm saying? And, like, how the Lions yeah. are paying an offensive lineman who's not proven 50 million, but it's, like, probably not at, like, 50 million. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I get, all I, these, like, get-out-of-jail-free yeah. cards after two years and stuff like that. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't understand either. Contract. I think a lot of I don't it has get to dead be, cap. No what does that mean? I don't know. I don't know what dead cap is either. There's no guaranteed money in the NFL, really. Like, there is, but it's not, like, all guaranteed when you sign, like, some yeah. other leagues and stuff. I think that's what it has to do with. But I don't I don't know. Like, I, I guess I kind of already voiced my, voiced my piece on this. I just think – I don't know. I don't really know why you're letting him go because he's been nothing but productive. Uh, I guess, like, it kind of fits the common denom- denominator of maybe he's not – fitting in with Quinn and Patricia and he's a voice in the locker room. Cause you know, that's what Slate was and Diggs was, and those guys are gone. Snacks was probably even a little bit of that, uh, even though he had other things going on, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We'll get to the draft stuff in a little bit, but I think the lions definitely have to build up some more depth in the interior D line because you just let a, let a good one go. Okay. So that's a good, well, they didn't, but, uh, but I, I know he started like mostly last year. I mean, he wasn't that productive. He was probably their best defensive lineman last year. That's not yeah. saying, Inside defense alone. Well, that, that's the other thing. Yeah, it's, you can't really judge because the scheme was so bad. It's not. It's not like, it's not like I, I. He wasn't like noticeably great last year. He like he was a productive player, but like before Patricia came, he was noticeably like making things happen. Like I'll, like that Saints game where he has that pitch six. Like yeah. when they come all the way back and stuff. Like he was he was just a very productive player. It's just he kind of had a weird career with the Lions after Patricia got into town. Do you remember when he picked up Zeke Elliott and then just slammed him on the ground? I love Ashawn Robinson. He's got I, the I, know, look, I loved it. He's got the look of an interior defensive lineman. Like the beard, the bald head, I, I love it. And he's a yeah, huge. He's the, he's the poster child of what a defensive lineman should be in the NFL like, 2020. Like Mike Ponishuk, like Michigan State defensive lineman, number 72, he had the look of a defensive lineman. Bald yeah. guy, like senior in college. It just absolutely got a beard flowing through the like the face mask. I love that. The beard is huge. By the way, Rams, miss your beard. Fu Man looks good. Yeah, thank you. But I miss. I don't. Beard. I don't like it. I don't like it. What don't you like about it? Hey, I've gotten please. a lot of. I've gotten a ton of mixed reviews, man. I the first thing I did when I did it, I I asked my roommates. They liked it. Called my mom. Didn't like it. 
talked to some females. How are you? Didn't like it either. <laughs> what do we think? Hey, hey, you it, can't listen to outside noise. If you like it, that's yeah, all that matters. Yeah, but you do. Do you like it? I, I was saying this last <laughs> night. I understand that it's not the most glamorous look, but I think given my facial features and just my persona, I think it fits fine. It does fit you because you have very thick eyebrows, so you have. Yeah, like I don't think anyone should roll with this. I think if there's one person to do it, I might be the guy. I'm I'm just gonna say, friend to friend, don't like it. So hold on, do we cut? (laughs) Do we cut the sides off and go straight mustache, or do we just let the whole beard grow back out? No, I think you let it all grow back in. That's your look. Well, well, I do think you give the mustache a chance. Okay. You, you only have one shot at, like, checking out the mustache. You know what so, I mean? Do I keep the That's true, because if you're going to do it all, you better do it now. Um, keep the soul I, patch. Keep the soul patch. I don't know how that works. Like, do people uh, – do they keep the soul patch, most mustaches? It's a personal – it's all a uh, matter of opinion, like your personal preference. My dad, for about 20 years, had a soul patch. I don't know. 20 years is a loose, loose guess. I don't know. Sometimes it looks good. I think it could look good. It could work. Do it. Thanks. Try it. Why not? Well, How's the time? No one's going to see you. You're, that's what I was saying to everyone. No one's going to see me. It's like I'm like I, what, what, I'm sitting around. But uh, anyway, aside the point, I appreciate the uh, – Trent likes it. Trent likes everything, yeah, yeah. which is nice. Um, that, just coming friend to friend. I appreciate just it. Looking, no, I, looking I, out I, for your, a friend. Your voice uh, was noted. This is all noted. Um, but uh, moving on now, I think the biggest news, again, that I think happened the day after we – uh, we're done recording on Wednesday. Darius Slay obviously traded to Philadelphia. The Lions will get a third and fifth round pick in this year's draft in return. Uh, Philly pretty much instantaneously uh, give they give Slay his money. 16.7 mil average annual value AAV, my favorite uh, acronym in sports. Uh, three they only use it in hockey, though. They only uh, use a – I swear they only use a. Yeah, I know, but that's – well, I mean, like, that's like – what it is right it's what he get, he's getting he's making like 16.7 million a year i love the different like contract language in all the sports like in, in football you got dead cap and then bird you got a yeah bird right the super match like no, i love that this, I, I love everything about that um, is, is he or is he not the highest paid he's got he has to be because I, mean, I saw something up. that he was, and I saw something he wasn't. You said 16.7. That sounds like – that sounds it right. Sounds like, it sounds like he's well above. Let me, hold on. I don't know. I think Ramsey's getting paid a lot. Let's yeah, see. well, Ramsey, too, is he – yeah, he did, he's getting paid a lot, too, isn't he? Well, Byron Jones that paid $16.5 million for the Dolphins. So – that's what I'm looking at too, but I, I have to imagine that Slay overtakes. Okay, yeah, Slay now. It is Slay, factually Slay. Okay, all right, all right. Good for him. He got his money. Yeah, he so, can stop okay. whining. Everything's... This, this brings up a couple things that I want to touch on. I think it'll just be easiest if we all just take our turn at, at the totality of it. So the first thing I want to talk about is whether or not you like the move. I think we're all on the same page as far as we understand. I don't know if you want to say why this had to happen but we understand why it did happen. Um, And then I want to know if you guys are upset about the return. So in my opinion, first to kick it off, I don't blame the Lions for not wanting to pay this guy. We've talked about it at length, almost at nauseum. 
the, I don't know who, which one of you guys said it last week, or it might have been Trent, one of your brothers, said the cornerback is a non-essential position in the NFL. Collins. It was Collins. Totally get it, Collins. I mean, I, no, I totally get that. Because especially if you have a team that factually never gets in the backfield, it doesn't matter what your cornerbacks are doing. I don't care if you have LeBron James playing cornerback for your football team. No one's getting covered for that long. So as far as that being a, a, a token of what the, the Lions do or don't do on defense – like, whatever, I, and he was going to hold out anyway. If he didn't want to pay him his money, he wasn't going to report to training camp. I don't know how long he was going to hold out for, but that's just kind of the vibe that you got from him. Um, so, whatever, you, you move on from him. I don't think the guys that you bring in as, as replacements, I look at this like a money ball thing. You're not replacing Darius Slay. You're replacing what he brought to the table as far as his stats, his numbers, his ability to cover – Obviously, you're letting him walk. He is a, a top 10 cornerback in the NFL. If you want to whittle that down to top eight, top five, top three, whatever, I don't know if I give you the best cornerback in the NFL, even though he's getting paid the most money. That's just my opinion. As far as the return goes, I don't – you always hear the terms thrown around about, oh, the market just wasn't there for him. I don't know what that all means. Like, I get it, but I don't. All well, I know the market, is – Do you want me to tell you what it means? It, yeah. it, like, the Lions had no leverage. Like, absolutely zero leverage after that whole, like, tweet debacle happens with Schefter and Marcus – what was it, Desmond Trufant or Marcus Trufant? Desmond. Desmond. Desmond Trufant. Like, after that, like, they literally had no leverage. And they probably didn't have leverage for a really long time because they were shopping him for a, like, very, very, very long time. And to get, like, almost like a third-round pick at this point, like, people would be like, that's not the greatest return. It isn't the greatest return. But, like, you look at NFL deals – and, and people, when they're trying to get out of, like, paying a guy, they're, like, willing to, like, kind of didn't take it advantage of. But, like, you see the Jadwires who literally had the worst cap situation maybe in, like, sports. Right now, they basically gave up, like, Calais Campbell to the Ravens for, like, a fifth-round pick. Like, I, I, the thing that pisses me off is that they should have done it a really long time ago. They should have done it once the season, like, ended. It not, like, I understand there's kind of, like, a dead period, but you should have kept it a little bit more quiet. And, you, and I know that's, some of that stuff's on slay, but I, I think it was pretty well documented, like, during the season that Darius Slay and, like, last offseason when he didn't get the money he necessarily wanted when he was about to hold out, like, that they weren't going to pay him. So they probably should have traded him either last summer or, uh, like, at least do a better job, like, coming up to this point because at like the end of the day the cast out of the bag that they like you're gonna sign Desmond Trufant without trading Darius Foy yet I, like no I understand it's like a free agency is like a timely thing but I feel like you have no leverage once you sign a guy like that yeah I think too like my the thing that bothered me and like the return I'm a again I'm a big believer in hey you didn't want to sign the guy you might as well get something and not have to deal with the headache of, of whatever of him holding out and whatnot. But Jalen Ramsey returned two firsts and a fourth. And I get, like, maybe things were different at the time, but he was in Better. a similar spot, too, where he was like, I want to get out of here. I want to go get paid. And they got two – not that Darius Slay was going to return two first-round picks, but it's like third and a fifth. It just seems like it's some mismanagement on the end of Bob Quinn. I, I, that, that's all I have to say about Slay, to be honest. I, will, I don't know. I will. I'm not sh- – go for it. I, I just – I think Jalen Ramsey's like, substantially better than Darius Slay. Like, I, I don't is. care what, like, the numbers say and, like, whatever. Like, Dar- like Jalen Ramsey's, like, a difference maker. I think Darius Slay's a difference maker, too, in a different aspect. Like, he's a really good cover corner. But, like, Jalen Ramsey's, like, in on the run game. 
Like you, you don't really say that about Darius Slay usually. So like I get what you're saying with the return and I I don't like remember. I think they might have been like last year at the trade deadline. I know the Lions were sort of still like in the playoff hunt and like Stafford was still playing, I believe. Because what is it, week six? Sure. When what happened? When the trade deadline for the NFL, it's week six, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's week six. Yeah. I'll double check, but I'm pretty sure. But like the Rams like factually like needed a cornerback. Like Marcus Peters was so bad for them. And then they ended up trading him to the Ravens and he ended up being fantastic, which is kind of funny. But like they were so desperate and no one's really desperate in the offseason. I know like the Eagles are probably desperate and are willing to pay Slay to be the richest cornerback in the NFL. But like, like I said, there's just no leverage and no desperation for a guy like Slay in the offseason, a guy that, they like, even if the Lions don't trade him, they know they could probably get him in free agency next year. Yeah, I'm, I, I think when you look at – and you guys covered all of it with Slay, it's like you weren't you were either going to pay him or you're going to trade him, and they waited forever to trade him. But I, I don't necessarily think it was a mismanagement with Bob Quinn. I think it was more just the market wasn't there, whatever that means, you know, what you guys are saying. but. I think I, I, if there's one thing that I can say about this whole situation, I think Bob Quinn kind of recovered nicely, actually. You get, you get Trufant, even though that happened before the slate trade, but you're kind of operating as if he's not part of the team. You get Trufant, and now it looks like all of a sudden they're, they're not going to pick up Kuda. I don't know. I mean, we'll talk later, but I, I don't think if you sign Trufant and you give him that contract and you have him playing it opposite Coleman and you still got young guys like Oruwarie and Mike Ford or you're trying to make something – you know, uh, Jamal Agnew still plays corner, which people forget. But I just think, given all that, you know, I think the the return is pretty good because now you're going to let Bob Quinn go do something that he's great at, which is drafting. And I, we'll talk about all that stuff later. I don't know. I, I'm I'm not necessarily upset to see Darius Slay gone. Uh, I wanted to pay him, but then you know, certain things transpired and certain things kept happening. In college, I couldn't agree more with the whole the cornerback position is very unvaluable. I, I know that's the Mike- front seven. Yeah, I know that's like a Valani take right there. It's like, oh, it's not a – but, like, you actually, like, look at it and you look at, like, past NFL champions, it's very, like, very rare. And, I and like, you can look back at the Pat- Patriots teams the last couple of years with Stephon Gilmore, who's probably been the best cornerback the last couple of years, and Darrell Rivas when they beat Seattle, like, having very good cornerbacks translating. But, like, if your defense as a whole – like, like painted any guy on the defensive side of the ball that much money, it, it, it's concerning. Unless you have, like, you have so much tap space. Where it, Especially when he's 29 you're, years you're, old. Yeah, and you're willing to do that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think the Lions made the right decision. I don't know if, like, it's the decision I would have made on impulse and just based on emotion because I love Darius Slay. But I just think it was the right move given what this team, where this team's at right now. And I think they're, I, well, time will tell how these other young guys play and how Trufant plays. And maybe they draft someone. But uh, as we sit here now, like, you didn't pay a 29-year-old $16.7 million a year, and I'm okay with it. What, what did the um, – what was I going to say about Slay? Ugh, I completely forgot. Move on. I'm oh. embarrassed. <laughs> if you think of it, if you think of it, shout it out. Um, yeah, the last yeah. thing I wanted to do about Slay that I, I think it's a bit obviously out of sports and, and Collins always grills me for Slay and, and athletes not being professional on Twitter. Um, Old man, Rabinowitz. Whatever. Yeah, what it, it is what it is. Um, obviously, I think one of the bigger things that broke out nationally, which of course just, you know, being a Lions fan, it's like, well, I just keep 
adding fuel to the fire. Um, Slay was very vocal about his distaste for Matt Patricia. Um, I don't really care to like get into the whole nitty gritty of the comments. They're everywhere. I think he was on like first take talking about it too. No, he's on WJR. WJR. He was Which definitely like, on first take with Kellerman and, and Stephen A. Was he? Yes. Yeah. I did not I see that. I didn't see that, really. Yes. Wow. He, if you go, they, they interviewed him over the phone on whatever the show that Stephen A. does with Max Kellerman now, if it's first take or whatever. It's first take. Um, but there were comments, obviously, that Matt, that, or you, again, you can go look up the totality of what was said. But Slay mentioned how something about uh, they were in a team meeting and they were watching film on Darius Slay about him getting beat by a corner and they pulled up an Instagram picture that Slay posted of this wide receiver, and Matt Patricia basically said to stop, you know, sucking his privates or whatever the way that Slay put it, which is like kind of comical. But at the same time, there's a bigger commentary here about, about Matt Patricia, and I just want to get your opinions on, first of all, like do you, do you think that it was a little bit out of line of Slay just to, to bring all this stuff up? And what do you have – like do you care as a Lions fan about this whole Matt Patricia thing? Because for me, number one, you know, like look, Slay, I appreciate your time here, dude, but between him and Ebron essentially just blasting the Lions, as many former Lions have done in the past, like just be a professional, shut up and go, like, go to Philly. We, like good luck to you. And number two, the thing about Patricia is, like, we get it. This guy's kind of a jackass. Like, it is what it is. He's your football coach. If they win nine to ten games this year, I don't care. Dude, 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 I completely agree with you. But he doesn't win. This is why this stuff matters. And when you're trying to establish a culture, it's important that you kind of have, like, some hope. There's, like, no hope. Well, that's that's why it's a bad look because the Lions obviously haven't won. And, like, when people badmouth Bill Belichick, which, yes, it does happen. The media floodgates don't always let it through. But you can always point to his success and just say, well, yeah, it doesn't matter. Patricia clearly is trying to emulate that kind of thing. And I I think uh, as far as the comments go towards Slay, obviously pretty vulgar. But I I don't necessarily know if I can call it completely unwarranted. Like, he's just trying to motivate his guy, maybe. I don't really know. I don't want to get into all that because, again, we don't have context. And, Rabin, what's your point about players like Ebron, Slay, and so on, and Megatron blasting the franchise, like, once they leave, that kind of pisses me off, too. Because it's like, if you're going to say – if you have a problem, A, bring it up internally. And I guess it's not fair for me to say that because well, I don't know if they have or not. I just don't understand why you got to leave and then bring all this stuff up later. I, 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 I just like, up until this I, point, I, I want... like, let's, let's keep it in perspective. Up until this point, we had never heard a single thing about Matt Patricia and Darius Slay not getting along. So I, I just don't know. I, and now they, he's, they played together two years now, and now, we, now we're hearing all this stuff. I don't know. It's just a little, a little strange. I don't get this with you guys where you are so willing to defend the organization. Like, as a whole. <laughs> you understand these people are not attacking yeah. you guys. They, they, like, tweet out. They're like, oh, all the support from the Detroit fans, it's great. Why are you so willing to be like, hey, stop, stop throwing the dirt on Martha? Like, hey, this is our this is our team. Like, Fair. Morning, like Fair I, point. I don't get that. Why? I don't know. It just yep. it seems like it seems like it doesn't happen to any other franchise. Because we're why? terrible, and we have a terrible <laughs> owner. So why? Why? Like, why? Why? It happens to the Lions and Browns. So why? Why are you so like, hey, stop? Like, I don't care because we stink. Okay. Fair. Fair. Pass I do feel when decorum. you put it that way. I kind of feel like a loser. Like just, you, you like we didn't, are uh, losers, right? Yeah, I, yes. As Lions fans, we're all losers, and as 
I mean, as a Detroit sports fan right now, it's not good. But, like, I – like, you didn't even hear this stuff with, like, Caldwell. Like, or – like, yeah, like yeah. Yeah, they're like, that, that's my guy. Like, I love playing for Jim Caldwell. Like, that, I just think this is a – it's a red flag. And like Rabinowitz said, if he wins, who cares? I would not care at all. But the fact that he hasn't won, and this has been a problem since day one, basically, it is, it is an issue. Because if you don't respect your coach, like, what, what's, what's going to happen? I agree. I, I'm serious. Like, I, I think this is – I mean, we always do the one more year thing chance with people. This is, this is it for Patricia, for me. Seriously. And I, I'm not even going to say the full year. I'm going to say the first six games. You better show me something because then I'm, I'm totally out. As if I'm not already, but every year, you know, I do my thing where I find a way to buy in a little bit. And now it's the whole, like, the new defensive coordinator coming in and Patricia's starting to build up his defense again. And we're going to do some things differently, apparently. Show me. Just win. You're right. Completely agree. Well, that's just what we deal with here. Whatever. Thanks, thanks, Coach. We appreciate all the uh, positive, <laughs> positive publicity. Hey, uh, what is the saying? Any PR is good PR? Who knows? I don't even know. Whatever. I don't think so in this case. But, uh. <laughs> okay. Um, something, I guess, kind of fun, too. I have to shout out my, my friend Mike Keelan for sending this over. I didn't know this thing existed. This NFL mock draft simulator, he thought it would be a great idea for us to do. And now that we have literally nothing else to talk about, I think it's a great idea. So uh, we each did a mock draft, a seven-round mock draft. Um, the way this thing works is, like, I don't know how they evaluate these players or how they decide who goes where, um, but I did this thing a hundred times, and each time it's, like, a lot of the same themes are there. Like, Burrow usually goes one. I was telling these guys before uh, before we started recording, there was one mock draft that I did where, where Joe Burrow was still there at three, and I panicked, and I didn't want to make that decision, so I just, like, restarted the entire draft. But either way, I guess if you want to go around, at least for the first couple rounds, we can get in-depth about who we picked and why. Um, I guess I can start if we want to kick it off that way. Go for it. So, okay. So, in my first mock draft, round one, uh, is this is how I expect things to go in the real draft as it is. Joe Burrow goes number one overall to the Bengals. Chase Young goes to the Redskins at, uh, at number two. And so with that, I don't know if people can hear that. Can you guys hear that, the draft? Yeah. I heard it. I heard it. That was yeah, pretty so good. Whatever. I don't know. I'm trying our best, people. If you can hear it, you can hear it. If not, I'm on the clock. Uh, with the third pick, and in full transparency, too, this thing does not allow you to trade picks. So this is just what I would be doing if trades did not exist. I am taking Ooh. Isaiah Simmons, linebacker from Clemson at number three. And, look, this is a guy – I think Brock, when Brock was on the show last week, said he really likes Simmons. After what has gone on with Darius Slay being traded, the Lions obviously have brought in a cornerback or two to kind of fill that void. And I'm not going to be the guy to sit here and say, I think in the past I was very like, if you're not going to, if you're going to trade Slay, why are you going to go get Okuda? Like, I, I get it. You're trying to, be to get better at, at the position. But with that being said, the more I've looked at Isaiah Simmons, all these things I'm reading on him about him being potentially the most NFL-ready player in this draft, he's explosive, versatile, whatever. He can get in the backfield. He can play wherever you want, essentially, from what I've been reading as far as that linebacker core goes. And I guess with the, the Lions are going to stick to this 3-4 deal that they really have been, even though Patricia likes to say that they give a lot of different looks, whatever. I like Simmons. I, I think he's a playmaker. I loved watching him play at Clemson, too. Um, especially 
uh, in the in the semis and and in the college football playoff and whatnot too. I think he's a great athlete, and at this point, you just need playmakers on defense. I, I don't think that linebacker is the number one need that this team needs. But the long, the more I think about it, I would rather have best player available, which looks like Simmons at three in a great showing at the combine too. I think his his forty was fast as hell too, like some something ridiculous for a linebacker. Four three three, I believe. I'll take yeah. Simmons at three. All right, Kevin, uh, go next. Uh, I'll say this. I, I had the same scenario where it was Burrow and then Young. I took Tua, and I, I've told you guys for a long time that I don't believe in the Lions taking Tua, and I don't think that's a good idea. But if you're going to take the best player available and you're going to get the most value out of that third pick, you should pick Tua if you can't get a trade done. And then, and then you, you wait in the night, like the after like math and just be like, he can be a trade chip or like say Stafford's injury is bad. You just keep him. I don't want to take Tua. Like I, the, the dream scenario is to get Chase Young or trade down and then get Okuda or Simmons or Derek Brown. Those are the two dream scenarios. But like in this scenario where you can't trade, I take Tua because that's just the most value your organization's going to gain. Yeah, that's a fair. That's a fair. Uh, because analysis. every everyone wants them. Like, yeah. like, even if Detroit fans don't want, like, there's a bunch of other cities that want to attack. Dang, I thought I was gonna be able to say it. <laughs> it's tough. Not an easy name. Yeah, but Tua. Everyone wants Tua, and I like. And I'm not the highest on Tua, but like, why? Why not? Like, I know they've been doing all these smoke screens for the last like six or seven months, but like. At this point, you, you kind of just like put your money where your mouth is. It's like we are going to take Tua, and like, it like, and we'll make it like work after. Like Stafford's still gonna be our guy or something, but we'll we'll figure it out. I I don't know. I just think you get the most value. Yeah, we'll we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. If that is what the Lions do, but I, I assume if the Lions do take Tua, they have a plan in place, and I'm just gonna I. I have to trust it, right? I can't sit here and just rip it and whatever. I mean, I don't know. But uh, the thing that's interesting is they actually take Tua. Like, I want to have this conversation. Do they keep Stafford? Because I, I don't I, think I think can. so. Yeah. I, I don't I think mean, you can, I know, though. Dude, dude I, if they – if that, they I, I want to have this conversation because I, I don't know. Well, I mean, I, I will too. But, like, if you're not going to trade the pick – and you're reaching basically everywhere else. Like, I know Isaiah Simmons is a guy – like, if you had need at linebacker, I would get that. It would be like, take Isaiah Simmons at three. They do not have need at linebacker. And I, I understand I don't really like Jared Davis because he's the worst cover linebacker I think I've ever seen in NFL. But, like – and I know Isaiah Simmons is one of, like, probably one of the highly touted, like, quickest and fastest and NFL-ready linebackers we've seen in the draft, inside linebackers we've seen in the draft in recent years. But – I just can't get past the fact that like you need to trade this pick, and I, I and this is a simulation without trades. So like if you're gonna like have to make a pick and you need capital, two was the most capital you're gonna get. But I I am very interested to see like if they actually trade two though, do they keep Stafford? Yeah, dude. Who knows? Especially with the signing of Chase Daniel too, it just makes it all like but, no one really. I, you, I mean, at, you're right. I forgot about that. They would have to trade Stafford. But, like, if you t- take Tua and trade Stafford, you would assume it would be a f- for first-round pick. So, it And then you're, just, you're going complete rebuild. Yeah, but they're 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 just they're not gonna overhaul the entire offense. They're I they they're just not. They're not taking them. They're not. I'm just I'm sorry. I'm saying yeah, what I would. What, 
No, I, 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 I keep clinging to that's a, that's a, that is that is by definition what we're doing in this exercise. So I commend you, Collins, for doing what you would do. It's a good thing. Um, I, I we, we got to keep the uh, we got to keep morale up here. I'm gonna say I I pick oh, Simmons the music just because like okay okay go for it. There we go, Trent. Trent, you're on the clock or your picks in whatever. I don't know. All right, all right. I took Simmons, Isaiah Simmons, yeah. linebacker, Clemson. He's six foot four and two forty for one. That's like big I, for a linebacker, kind of. That's what Patricia likes. Uh, I just think he's he's part of your dream scenario for this whole three four scheme stuff that you know has yet to have worked in Detroit. But that's just what they're gonna keep rolling with because Patricia's stubborn. But you know uh, Simmons can play inside outside. He can play at the edge. He, he's you know he plays a lot like Jamie Collins actually, and you just signed him. So um, Collins, I, I always go back to this thing that you know what you just said last week about cornerback being less valuable. Obviously Slay is gone, so a lot of people want Okuda here. I just don't think at three that that's the smartest way to go. I think it's all about the front seven and the pass rush. So you want to load that front seven. And I think now if you pick Simmons, you're looking at Trey Flowers, Deshaun Hand, Romeo Quara. You know, I like Austin Bryan a lot. And then you got your linebacking core, Jared Davis. And, and I, I just think with all things considered, and if you, again, like we can't make trades in the simulation stuff, but if they stay at three, I would, I would prefer Simmons over Okuda to uh uh, who's Derek Brown, all those uh, prospects. So, yeah, that's what I got. I, I, I think the dream scenario, though, is if they are – Miami's at five, right? Yeah. Yep. They, tra- they trade back to five, and Miami comes and gets Tua, and we have our pick of Okuda, Simmons, or Brown. Like, if one of those guys falls to our – like, at least one of those guys are falling to our lap, at least. Like, you'll probably yeah. have a pick of those two. And I, I'll be fine with that. If you're able to get another asset, you maybe get like the 13th pick out of Miami. I think – is that the other pick they have? They have – I think it's like 26. I think they have another one. I think they have it's, three, no, it, like don't they have they, Pittsburgh? They have, they have five they have Pittsburgh's and 26. Pick. What? Okay. No, I think they have 14. I see 14 as the Bucks. What? Well, they have the Steelers draft pick. I don't know. Who knows? What, look, look at it. They have three first rounders. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Either way, yeah. So you get that. You so, get that. You get that back half one or whatever. I I think that there's value in that. I think that's the way they should do it. But they've never really like you. We always talk about the Lions. Say, wow, they should probably trade back. I don't really like remember it ever time the Lions ever really trade back in the first round. All right, let's move to round two now. I'll, I'll pick up the pace a bit. My pick is now in. This is where it gets dicey because, you know, like there are some simulations where certain guys drop to the second round, like guys just drop. It's weird. Um, I have the Lions in the second round at number 35, taking Neville Gallimore inside defensive lineman from Oklahoma. He grades out tremendously. Um, I I think that he, uh, from what I have read on him, is – like anything you want, an interior defensive lineman as far as his power, quickness. I just like the fact that when when you read his scouting report that he gets off the ball quickly and can stop holes for the run game because obviously our interior defensive line struggled to do that. Um, he can play on the nose, which I like too. Uh, they, they really grade him out as an A-gap, B-gap defender. Um, and I think he's pretty athletic at 6'2", 304. So I just think going back to my first-round pick, because I know that the Derrick Brown thing is also a guy that people are keeping their eye on, I think that you can get better interior defensive linemen in round two or later in the draft more so than linebackers. Like, I don't, you're not going to get better than Isaiah Simmons. I, don't, I think 
uh, people are high on Derek Brown. Other people don't want to take the risk. I don't know. I just think that this this uh, Neville Gallimore from Oklahoma, from what I've read on him, um, from the tape that you watch, is I mean, he, he fills your need. Like they have again, it's like the Lions don't have guys to play on the interior defensive line. They bring in Shelton from New England, so if they have players there, it's just a matter of you're hoping to hit on a guy that can make an impact. And this is who I thought Ashawn Robinson was supposed to be, like your young guy that you're going to groom, and it's going to be your the future of the defensive line, but Neville Gallimore, thanks for coming. Okay, I, I don't hate that. I when you talk about defense like a line and interior, you always forget that Deshaun Hand basically played like one game, and he was like like I, I maybe more than one game. I I don't really remember. I know he yeah, got injured. It was, basically, it was, they were all in the end of the season where we weren't competing for anything. Well, Deshaun the Hand is good. Like he yeah. he's that when he's healthy, he's good. So I. I don't hate beefing up the interior of that defensive line, but I, I think it, that defensive line determines how Deshaun Hand and Danny Sheldon. Danny Sheldon stood last year, but am I up nuts? Yep. Wait one second. I got to do my draft log. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, Grant Delpit, safety at LSU. Don't hate that. I it I don't really see him dropping in the second round like I see in the simulation, but like if a guy like that is there who's physical, athletic, and like drafting secondary out of LSU and Al- not Alabama, like LSU and Ohio State, it's a pretty like safe bet. Yep. Like that, like when we talk about Okuda and like drafting him at three, I think that's my problem. I think Okuda's gonna be very good. Like I I think he'll make an immediate impact wherever he goes. I just have a problem with drafting him at three, and especially if there's a guy like Tua or like Isaiah Simmons and with guys where there's like huge value with, that's why I have a problem with it. But taking a guy like Grant Delpit in the second round safety who had a very good career at LSU, he's not necessarily the most hard-hitting player, but he, he's a playmaker, ball-hawking guy at LSU. And, and I don't trust the Lions' safeties right now, so I think Delpit would be a good pick in the second round. Okay, I don't hate that either because, like, like you said, I don't really trust. You know, I I like Will Harris. I think he'll turn into something all right. But he was like, terrible he, he last was, year. He was not. Yeah, not good. And, uh, and when I say and, that, like Tracy Walker is very good, but like yeah. he's been pretty injury prone. So I don't know. Yep, he does get hurt, and then obviously Tavon Wilson. They haven't made a decision on him yet. I don't think. No. Nope. Of course, how things go for good. us. No, no, that's yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's not very good, but they haven't even resigned him or anything yet. Uh, yeah. They'll probably announce that five minutes after we start recording. Yep. But uh, for my second round pick, I got I, – I really don't know how to pronounce this name, <laughs> but <laughs> Yeter Gross Matos. Yes, yes. good trend. Okay. That's I, – I just think if you're going to – if you're not – if you don't get Chase Young in the first round, he doesn't drop. I just – Trey Flowers last year, he started to pick up some steam at the end of the year, and I think he, that guy can be really good. And I think adding Jamie Collins to the mix is going to help him a lot. It's just going to take pressure off of him. But Devon Kennard was another guy who kind of helped get to the quarterback, and now you got him out. So I'm just – I'm saying Gross Matos, he's 6'5", 264. I think it's a good value at 35. And, again, you guys know how much I love Stafford and Daryl Bevel. So, like, I'm all for just building defensive depth in this draft. Uh, this is a guy who was two-time first-team All-Big Ten. He knows how to get to the quarterback in a good conference. So I, I don't see why that wouldn't translate to the NFL. I don't know. I'd, I'd take a swing here. That's he in most mock drafts that I see. I don't see him getting out of the first round, but that's a guy if he's there to have another edge rusher. I'd love to see it. But that's the thing about the Lions too is like you had the Sean Hand. You didn't see him a ton. 
uh, last year. You also have Austin Bryant, who I don't know – I don't really remember watching him play a ton at all either. So, And then Trey Flowers too. So it's not like the like an edge rusher is like, the, like a very, very prominent need. But if you can get a guy like that who obviously is an impact player, I love him. I'm glad that's a tremendous pick. Um, let's go round three now, correct? Yes. Yes. Okay, I'll read, I'll read both of mine because the Lions uh, now have the 67th overall pick and they also have the 85th overall pick. It's the 67th overall pick. Um, another guy who I don't know if it's possible that he slides to round three, but in my simulation, he was there. J.K. Dobbins running back from Ohio State. I would like to see the Lions take a running back at some point. Obviously, you have on. I love on Johnson. I, I Every night I go to sleep, I pray that he stays healthy this year. Um, between him, I think they still have Bo Scarborough. I believe he's still under contract. Yeah. Uh, uh, Ty Johnson as well showed you some flashes. Other than that, though, I think J.K. Dobbins is a difference maker. He's only five foot ten, two seventeen, so he's not the biggest back in the world. Um, you're not going to get anything pass protection wise, but I think after you get rid of J.D. McKissick, this could be like your Theo Riddick guy. Like this is, I just I picture him as just a spark plug that you can have. You can throw screen passes too. He's pretty versatile as far as the offensive attack goes. And I don't think the Lions – we need to, like, remember too, the Lions I don't think are done building on offense. I think they can still use a receiver. I think Dobbins gives you some versatility too. So I like Dobbins if he's there in the third round. I think at some point you have to take a running back. I don't know if they address that in round two either because if Taylor and Dobbins are both there, I know the kid from LSU that's got the hyphenated last name that I can never remember too. Edward Talar. Yeah, whoever. Yeah, Pilar Edwards, one of the. It's, yeah, um, I I think that's a need to address at some point. At eighty five, I have the Lions taking Troy Pride Jr. from Notre Dame. Um, I, I think at this point, are you just ripping them off now? I, well, I'm just I'm just giving you my from my two from round three. Oh, okay. Um, he he plays the outside corner position again. I don't know if this is a guy that's going to come in right away and and start for you as far as who you've brought in and who you have on your roster. Um, uh, apparently he's not a very physical player in zone defense. Um, I, I, again, as far as grading out cornerbacks, I'm not going to pretend to be an aficionado on, uh, on, on skill wise, as far as cornerbacks go, but a uh, decent size, five foot 11. Um, I guess whatever. He's an outside cornerback. They could use the depth and he was there. So I took him go Irish. Well, in third round for me, I uh, first I'm going to start out with Isaiah Wilson, offensive tackle out of Georgia. I, I do think the Lions in the first three rounds, like I, I wouldn't be happy if they did in the first round, but I do think in the second and third, I would be fine with them taking some sort of offensive lineman. It could be a tackle or a guard. Like I, I wouldn't really care. But Isaiah Wilson, huge guy. He's like 6'7", 340, and like just has a huge frame. And he's, uh, he's obviously a guy who can help you in pass pro. And I don't know what he gives you in run blocking, but I this is this is just my dumb college football like mindset. But like I'm gonna take guys out of Georgia, Alabama, and like these schools where these kids are like five star recruits. Because yeah, they're a they're, lot bigger. Yeah, it's not even that. Like even if they're not that technically sound, I trust the fact that maybe like you you have a, a coach that can get it out of them because the physical abilities are usually there. And then my second pick of the third round, I Devon Hamilton. Inside defense alignment for Ohio State, number 53. He sits 4 3, 27. Saw him a lot at Ohio State. And, and Ohio State is one of those programs where, especially in the last like five years, it just seems like every Ohio State guy I see go out. It doesn't matter if he's a role player for Ohio State or what, he's as good in the pros. 
like like Terry McLaurin was this was on punt coverage last like two years ago for Ohio State and single-handedly beat Michigan State that way. But now now he's like arguably one of the best young receivers in the NFL with the Redskins. So I just trust Ohio State with pro prospects at this point. Also fair. Um, I am going to go <clears throat> with uh, the sixth or seventh pick. I got Jalen Johnson, the corner from Utah. Um, he's six feet tall and 195, which is exactly Darius Slay's height and weight, uh, ironically. But I, I'm not I'm not in the panic mode about Slay. We already talked about that, even though I would have preferred to keep him around. I, I love Trufant, Coleman, Orwari, but I just think depth is necessary. And if you're going to try to get a younger guy in there now, you may as well do it because obviously, you know, Coleman and Trufant are in the – you know, towards the back half of their careers now. So that's – I'm just going to go there. And then also with, uh, I think, Unlin, that's his name, right, our new DC coordinator, Chase, Chase Unlin, Corey Unlin. Corey Unlin. Corey. Um, I, he's a he's a, he's a D-backs guy. That guy's so name. I just – yeah, I, he's a D-backs guy. So I, I think you throw him in the room with, you know, this uh, this young Johnston and then Oruwariye and Mike Ford and Jamal Agnew, you may get something. I don't know. And then at uh, 85 – you know, Benjamin running back from Arizona State. Basically, for all the same reasons you just highlighted Rabinowitz, I really like Bo Scarborough. Uh, we talked last year. I'd be, like, furious if the Lions don't bring him back. Looks like they're going to. Uh, but, yeah. I, I and, and I just – Bevel, honestly, which you might be surprised seeing what the Lions were able to do this year in the passing game, even with two backup quarterbacks for eight games. But he's, he's a run-first offensive coordinator. So, I think if you just build depth and you get other guys in there, uh, not named Trey Carson and West Hills because that's what we were dealing with towards the end of last year. I don't know. I just like the idea of building depth at running back. Well, I, I'll say this. I will offer you this question. Would you rather have them – I would rather personally, if they're going to go for a skill position in the first three rounds, I'd rather them draft a wide receiver because I think this wide receiver draft is arguably like – like I don't know how these guys are going to turn out, but like on paper it's arguably the best wide receiver draft in like the last 20 years. So oh, I'd yeah, rather so them we, take a what? No, and right. I don't. I don't yeah. think their running back room's that bad. I truly don't. Like once you get carrying on back in the mix, I do think they have a little bit of everything. Yeah, no, that's fair. The, the reason I would take a running back is just because I want a running back and a receiver for different reasons. I think the receiving core you got now is pretty good. Now, now the wide receiver class, like you said, is stacked this year. So I guess if you were going to do it in the first three rounds, you do it this year. But I just think the, the the only reason I want another running back is just give him carry on's health. It's almost like we got yeah. our guy. It's carry on. It's just I don't know if he can stay healthy, and that's why I'd pick one. And the and, and this is the yeah I guess it's technically the fourth round or the third round, but uh, it's your second pick in the third round. Whatever. Uh, I don't know. I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be upset with Dobbins like you said we're going to but like if they do pick a receiver, it probably means they're not going to pay Marvin Jones after this year. I want this on the record. I don't think Dobbins is going to be good in the pros. I just that's my take. Even though he's an Ohio State guy, uh, there's a difference. That that one's just like my gut. I just had a feeling about Dobbins. Okay, fair enough. I'll allow it. Um, with the fourth fourth round now, um, back to me. Fourth round, the Lions are picking at 109. This is where I address my first lineman need. Damian Lewis is an interior lineman from LSU. Uh, 6'2", 329. He played right guard at LSU last year. I think the last four or whenever uh, he's coming out as a senior. Yeah. So um, the the downside on him, I guess, is his lateral movement, lateral quickness. Um, but he is a power blocker. He, he, he fits really well into power blocking schemes. I just think, look, the Lions have clearly showed you a commitment to run the ball a lot more. Um, I'm on the same side of Trent. As I'm not so so much concerned about the talent in the running back room. 
is just carry on to longevity. I don't know what they're going to do on the line this year because they have so many names like this Abushi they just re-signed that played in like two games last year. I have no idea what they're going to do, but I, it doesn't hurt to have depth at the lineman position. Um, so I'll take Damian Lewis. Okay. my uh, Fourth round, right? Yep. Out of the Michigan State University, Kenny Willichess. And I, had I, I, just one, I had him in one earlier. I I just think he's like a guy who kind of fits the Lions scheme. I'm not I, like he's a pretty good pass rusher, and you look back at his junior season, he probably had a better season on paper. But he was really good at, for Michigan State last year with all the doubles that he faced because Michigan State like factually like didn't have a very good secondary, so they just like if we can stop Kenny Willichess, we're gonna be able to throw the ball and run the ball on these guys because their back seven wasn't really that good last year, but. I, I would be fine here in the fourth or fifth taking a wide receiver. I, I just think, like, uh, there's going to be, like, a Colin Johnson, maybe uh, Tyler Johnson out of Minnesota, who I really like, too. There's just so many good receivers in this draft. I think the fourth and the fifth round is a time for the Lions to, like, capitalize on that. But if you're going to, like, go for a defensive first draft, I think Kenny Willis or an, an edge guy at this spot's not a bad pick. And I, I think Kenny Wiltis is undervalued for what he, like, did at kind of at Michigan State. He's a, he was a big player, and he's really a pass rusher. Like, you can argue if he's going to be able to co- – he's probably not going to be able to cover. And, and he's a fourth-down pick. He can be your, like, specialist. So, I, I, I think he would be a good third-down specialist for Michigan – for the Detroit Lions, excuse me. Yeah, that's that's a great pick. He was not available for mine. Otherwise, I know I would have picked him because I actually I I've been dreaming of this since I saw him play in the Senior Bowl, coached by yours truly, Matt Patricia. But um, I think I my guy is I'll let it I'll let it ring. Uh, ben Bartsch, uh offensive tackle from St. John's. But uh, a lot of this really just for the same reasons as you laid out for your guy, Rabinowitz. I just think the O line is crucial as well. You've got to exhaust every effort to keep Stafford healthy if you can, because that is obviously where the Lions' chips are at. Uh, Bob Quinn seems to trust uh, Tyrell Crosby. This is just a nice plan B if that doesn't work out. I don't know. You build some depth. Obviously, you got Abushi, you got this new guy, Big V. You're going to try to do some things with the O line. You might as well throw as many guys as you can in the, in the ring. I don't know. He's six six and three oh nine, by the way, too. He's huge. So, should we speed it up a little bit for the fifth to seventh? Yeah, we'll get moving. Yeah. So I, I say I say everyone just picks their last four right okay. now. Here we go. I'm cool. So fifth round for me at one forty nine. I take Trajan Bandy, cornerback from Miami. Um, he's five foot nine, one eighty six, so the size isn't there. But apparently, he plays inside and outside very quick, as you'd hope he'd be at five. Good tackler. All right, I like that. Um, one eighty two in round six. I am taking Quintez Cephas from Wisconsin. Um, I agree with Love Collins. It. What I wanted in the fifth round, I wanted Devin Duvernay in the fifth round. He went the pick right before the Lions to the Carolina Panthers from Texas. Um, but I'm taking Quintez Cephas from Wisconsin. Uh, really big, thick receiver. Love thick receivers. They'll beat you up. Um, again, I don't know where he fits as far as – I don't think this is a guy that you're going to take and then you're not going to sign Marvin Jones. Um, but whatever. I think you need some playmakers on offense still. So that's what I'm taking at 182. My seventh-round pick to round it out for the Lions. They pick where, – where, I can't find my pick here. Where is this at? Can't find it. Oh, here it is. Uh, I hate to do this because I'm obviously a Michigan State uh, fan. Uh, John Runyon, offensive tackle from Michigan. 
Uh, Love six, that. Six foot five, three hundred and twenty-one pounds. Again, this is a guy that I think is legitimate, has an NFL body, um, and I, I think he is a pretty natural pass protector. I think he played left tackle for Michigan. Gosh, I want to say the last two years, I think he started like every single game. Um, well, the, but, the three guys off that Michigan O line, I would be fine with the Lions taking any of them. Really? Yeah, so, yeah, I like who's the other guy? Brent, whatever. Brenman or I don't know. Oh God, I'm trying to. Think. No, I'm talking about starts with a B. I'd be fine if the Lions ended up with any of those guys. But yeah, those are those are my last three to round it out. Okay, for you don't you don't have your last pick two thirty five. Who's two thirty two thirty five is Runyon for me. Oh, is it? Yeah, I oh. went. So did you did you did you go one forty nine one? I missed. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. In the fourth round, they have a. No, fifth round, the Lions have two picks, right? Yes. They do. Okay, I'm sorry. So in the fifth round, Trajan Bandy from Miami, then Michael Divinity Jr. from LSU. Plays on okay. the edge, 6'2", 239. Um, I mean, they need an edge rusher. If they need an Any edge, defensive players from LSU. Yeah, they need, they, they need defensive players. And if they want to add this guy to the edge, whatever. I don't think he's going to play, but whatever. Okay. So at 149, I took Quintess Cephas. I've watched a lot of Wisconsin football in my life, and I think you saw that in the Rose Bowl when they played Oregon. The guy's a flat-out stud, and like he's very, very good. And in, I, I think – I doubt he gets to the fifth round, but I think in usual draft years he would be a second or third rounder. Like, you looked at his numbers, but he's playing at Wisconsin. And he's playing with Jonathan Taylor. I think this is going to be a guy where you look back in five or six years and just be like, oh, uh, I, I didn't know, like, Wisconsin like, could, like, breed a still position player outside running back like that. I really like Quintess Cephas. At 166, I got Khalil Davis inside defensive ta- defensive tackle from Nebraska. Just a big dude. And at, at this point in the draft, you're just trying to try and stockpile, like, guys who are playable and can at least, like, contribute for their rookie deal. And at 182, I took Patrick Taylor Jr., running back out of Memphis. When I when I saw him at the con, in the Con Bowl against Penn State, he's a guy who can catch the ball out of the backfield, which is something I would like to see. If you're going to roll a carry on and Bo Starbro as your one two, you kind of like a stat back. That's why I was kind of like kind of interested why they got rid of McKissick. They probably didn't want to pay him that, but Patrick Taylor Jr. I like, and then at two thirty five, I like Jeff Thomas, wide receiver out of Miami, really highly touted guy, really fast. Really, really, really fast. He had some off-the-field issues at Miami, but still. Like, I, I, in the last round, I'm fine with taking a chance on a guy like Jeff Thomas, who has the physical attributes to play in the NFL. All right, uh, 149. Guys, I took Quintez Cephas as well. So I, Let's I, go. Yeah, um, I, 6'1", 207. I love Marvin. Again, this is a potential replacement when Marvin maybe drops off in a couple of years. He had 59 receptions for 901 yards, Collins, as you said, in a run first offense. That's 15.3 yards per reception. That's great. He's a guy who's fast. He gets open pretty easily. He's got good hands, too. Yeah, like, yeah. You, he's, you watch him, he has good hands. Yeah, I don't see anything wrong with this guy. Like, I just, I just don't. And then uh, I got Jordan Elliott from uh, Missouri, inside defensive lineman. Six four three zero two. He's another monster. Patricia seems like those kinds of guys. You're just adding more defensive line depth now that Snacks and Ashawn are gone. You know the signings help in free agency, but you may as well take a swing on one of these guys late. 
Uh, and then my last two picks are both defensive backs. One is J.R. Reed, safety out of Georgia, and Reggie Robertson, the second cornerback out of Tulsa. I'll be honest, don't really know a ton about these guys. I just know that they're both big on the bigger side, 11, 202, 161, 197. So I think, again, you're just throwing young cornerbacks in the room with Corey Unlin, which that is apparently his specialty. And who knows? You know, the Lions could have five plug-and-play guys to play back there and special teams, you know, so I, I, I don't know. That's that's how I round it out. Two D backs round it out. Okay, well, good stuff. Um, obviously, we'll talk. I don't know. Again, we could probably do this at a later date too. It kind of stinks that you can't trade players in the simulation, but whatever. Something fun to do, and we'll see. The draft is still a couple weeks away, so they're uh, gonna move it back. Like I know they're saying they're gonna do it their normal date, but I guarantee you they're gonna move it back. I will just suck even more. So we'll yeah. to, we'll talk like a cooking show. It could be. Dude, like- I- it would be great if they did, like, old school, like, Yahoo fantasy football or, like, ESPN fantasy football, like, where it's just all online. And it's just, like, someone's, like, projecting, like, what they're putting online on ESPN. It's just, like, Trey Wingo in the yeah. studio just, like, relaying the pitch to go and die in, like, an hour. That'd yeah, dude, that's what, I, that's what I heard. It might be like that. Who knows? I wouldn't I hate have, that, dude. I wouldn't hate it either because they wouldn't the draft have takes too long, dude. Yeah, it does. I agree. I think it takes a long time. I know people who like, love the draft. They love analyzing and stuff like that. I do too. Like pre-draft, it's pretty cool. But like the day of the draft, I despise it. Like yeah, I think it's most overrated. Have- I think it's the most overrated sporting event in sports. The NFL draft. I think it stinks. You know what? I I completely agree. I they should go back to the way they used to do it. Like I think that's a better day where it's like a Saturday. And I, I, when is it, in April? So you probably got some NBA going on still. You probably got some NHL. And, and you got other sports going on. But you're like, oh, I got the draft on my second TV. Like, oh, this is interesting. I'm going to watch all, like, the first four rounds. And, like, you know what I mean? I, I think they should do it that way. I hate how they do the one, first round one night and then they do second and third. I hate it. You should write a letter. They'd probably read it this time of year. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> no, they got enough problems. Yeah, they do. I should do it. All right, before we wrap the show up here today, uh, obviously it's time for America's favorite segment, the Who Am I? Ryan Collins, you are our distributor of information and clues today. I'm, I'm very impressed that you're prepared. I do appreciate it. But uh, when uh, what ready, else, Other than school, what else do I have to do? It would be like a mark on my reputation if I wasn't ready today. You got to drop the bag on those Detroit Mercy recruits. That's what you got to do. I'm going to get to that right after. Once I turn something into D2L, I'm going to lock in, get on my TV. Actually, you know what? might walk on the treadmill because I haven't gone outside all day. Nice. You know what? It's beach season after this quarantine happens. People forget that. You're right. You still got to stay locked in in the body. This yeah, this is like one of the worst things that can happen to some of these people because it sneaks up on you. You don't really know how nice it is outside. And then you realize, oh, it's spring. It's time to, like, go to the beach and do stuff and be outside with your shirt off, and then you're in trouble. Yeah, and then you look brutal. But, okay, I'll start with my first clue. Okay, you guys ready? Ready. I played college football at the University of Texas. That's clue one. He was drafted by the Detroit Lions in the second round, 61st overall, in the 2001 NFL Draft. Okay. 
This player was a three-time Pro Bowler in 2004, 2005, and 2008. All right. His career NFL statistics, he has 513 tackles, 37.5 QB sacks, four forced fumbles, one interception, and one touchdown. All right. That was a big clue right there. Just to let you know. That was a big clue. After 2007 departing with the Detroit Lions, he played for three other NFL teams. For the Cleveland Browns from 2008 to 2010, New Orleans Saints from 2011, and the New York Giants 2012 and 2013. By the way, we obviously cannot, like... Yeah, are we going to just text you? Are you going to text me if you're ready? Yeah. yeah. we should do? Yeah. Okay, I'm cool it. Good, good call. Good call. I didn't think about that at all. Yeah. Well, don't worry. Big brain right here. Big brain right here, Ryan Collins. At the time, Minnesota Vikings running back considered me one of the hardest-hitting players in the NFL. Who said that? Adrian Peterson. Oh, AP. Okay. I have. When you started reading these off, I thought I was screwed. I think I made a bit of a comeback here mentally, but I don't know, man. I think I got it. At least I have my guess. I don't. I'm really only like forty percent confident if it's true, or if it's right. But keep going. He ranked third in Texas University history on fifty-three stops behind the line of scrimmage, and he played with his college teammate, Casey Hampton, also another NFLer. Um, I think I NFL- got my guess. I have a guess. Okay. I got two more, two more facts. You ready? Yeah. Yeah, go for it. In the 2001 NFL Draft Combine, I recorded a 5.3-second 40-yard dash. Oh, that might take my guy out. My guy's too slow. Man, this is – okay. All right, all right. Last clue. One more. There's one thing if I say it, you guys will know it immediately. But, uh, okay. In 2008, I was traded to the Cleveland Browns in exchange for Lynn Bowden and third-round pick Andre Fluellen. By the way, Andre Flewellen, I think, played for the Lions like four different times. Yeah, yeah. That no, that, that was a that was a typical name in the Jim Schwartz area. You're like, oh, Van der Bosch went down. Flewellen's gonna take over for him. Like you say, oh, there's Andre Flewellen. I have a very vivid memory of Andre Flewellen sacking Jay Cutler and then doing like the fishing rod whole like sack dance. It was great. It was it was always like Andre Flewellen, like Willie Young. It's like just like guys who weren't really stars, but they just were like around. And then yeah, like, Willie Young. Willie Young was like Young. Willie Young was not that good for the Lions. And then like people like he was kind of good after he left the Lions, which was kind of stupid. Him and yeah. Cliff Aver Cliff Aver was good for the Lions. Those Jim Schwartz era teams yeah. are very interesting. But that was yeah. my last clue. So all right, all right. I'm gonna, I'm I texted Collins. I texted you. I'm coming. I didn't right get now. it. You didn't get it. Come on, man. 
I got it. Okay, Trent. I just sent it. This says delivered. I don't know if you have it. I'm scared. Ryan Rabinowitz is correct. It is yes! John Rogers. Yeah, let's go. Okay. Oh! All right. All right. All right. Facial. Trent, Trent Bailey Bally, excuse me, is picked was Ernie Sims. That's tough. <laughs> yeah, that's not a good guess. I couldn't get it out of my head, bro. I just had yep. that in my head, and I was. Mm. Once the, I if I one of the clues I had, but I figured it was like I was gonna say he returned an interception against the Denver Broncos. Yeah, dude. Okay, so I remember that as the whole. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, I should have I should have picked up on that. But I wasn't paying attention. When I said career like stats, and I said one interception, one like touchdown. <laughs> one I thought interception, I, one touchdown. I thought maybe you guys would pick up on that. Also, I thought the what was that other clue the, when he ran a five two forty. Like I, I thought that was a pretty good indication. Okay, yeah, and and he went to yeah. Sean Sean Rogers went to Texas. I couldn't remember where Ernie Sims went. Florida State. Jeez, yeah. man, that's not a, not a good guess. Plus the yep. five three forty. Yeah, like you said, dude. That Sean, seems like that seems kind of fast for a guy that size. No, dude. I don't know <laughs> about that. He's a professional athlete, dude. Five three? I don't know if I could run a five. I I should be able to run. A five. Yeah. What do you think we? What do you, What do you guys think we would run? I'd run like a five three. I'm not five fast. two nine. I think I think I'd run like a five five. No, Trent, you are it's a, listen, 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 It's no, because yeah. it's a lot longer than you think. You get, I'm guys? telling you, you get out there and it's like you got to get from one corner to the second get, one. What, dude, oh my! Are you thinking you're gonna like lose endurance in the okay. four? It's a okay. forty-yard okay. dash. Listen, we're doing this. We're doing this. We're doing an. Impact I'm not doing that. I refuse. Combine? Do no. Have you seen the barstool combine where they all do it? No, I'm not doing it. I refuse. If I have to do push-ups, if I'm not doing push-ups on Instagram, I'm not doing a forty-yard dash. Dude, that'd be good impact. content, though. That'd be good content. That'd be great content. People would love it. We should do it. Uh, okay, I, I'm honestly ashamed that I picked Ernie Sims. So By the way, Ernie Sims, shout out to Ernie Sims for still having jerseys at Lions games. Like, you know, well, I, them up. there's so Thomas, many Ernie Sims jerseys and, at Ford Field. And you and I bring that up often, and I think that's why it was just in my head that it was like, I don't know. It was your player, okay. too. So I was like, well, maybe it's Ernie. No. Terrible. Before, before we wrap up, I actually have a like, quick-fire question. Three most random jerseys you see at Ford Field the most? Ooh. Um. Hold on. I think Roy Roy Williams is ah, one. Even though, Trent? even though yeah. he was like he was okay. He was Roy Williams bad. is the truth. The first down little signal he had every time he caught a first down. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my my dad's buddy who like really you know, he's like, that's where he was like yeah he did the whole little like hand push thing yeah yeah great radio um but Roy Williams my dad's buddy calls him hamburger helper gloves because he wore the huge white. Gloves. He, yeah, he had a. Talking about, yeah, yeah. Trying to think. Roy Williams, Justin Durant. You seen a Justin Durant jersey? Come on, other line? I did. There, no, no, no. Listen, there's a guy. There's a guy in my section who wears it every week. I guess it's not like I see multiple. I've seen one. Is it like a real jersey? Like you got it at like a memorabilia shop? Because they could not be selling those. <laughs> Dude, I I can't really tell because I'll 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 find out this year. Hopefully, he's still in my section. But I can't wait for. I do. I can't wait for this year. The people who bought Devon Kennard jerseys, yeah, just yikes. sitting. Dude, there, there's a lot of people who bought those too. 
I, know. I, I will say I almost got one. I'm not going to lie. Dude, you are jumping off. I'm trying to think of another jersey, though. I've seen it's... Ashley Palmer jerseys. Oh, my God. 58? Yes. Yeah, 50. I think so. 58, yeah. Ashley Palmer. Great name, dude. That's what, another, what, That could have been a who am I. What goes through your mind to, like, buy, like, a Justin Duran or, like, a Stephen Tullock jersey? Like, like, I don't, like, get it. There's a lot of Stephen Tullock jerseys. It's something about middle linebacker in the Detroit Lions. It doesn't matter if he's a trash yeah. People will buy his jerseys. I, get, I have Jared Davis's jersey. And I have Levy's jersey. I, DeAndre Levy, that's another one. I see a lot of those. Yeah, but he was good. Like, and That's Jared true. Davis is yeah. different. He's like a first-round pick. I'm thinking like, yeah. I'm thinking like, why? Why does that guy have a Miles Killebrew jersey? Like something like like something like that. What What about Joyke Bell? Does he count? I'm wearing my Joyke Bell jersey right now. By the way, I don't know if you can tell. Love well, Joyke. I mean, I got a Joyke Bell shirt that I wear like almost every day. So, uh, Joyke was a fan favorite. I'm, uh, my, I, had a, I had a Dre Bly jersey when I was a kid. Shout out Dre Bly. That's a great one. He was like the only Detroit Lion to win the Cobbler for like 15 years. <laughs> yeah. Because they lost at Thanksgiving every year. Yep. I, it, I, I remember when Kelvin won it. Big Megatron. Cobbler? Three, three, three touchdowns. And, yeah, in 2015, I think. That's the Eagles. Do you remember when it was like the Phil Sims like ironing board? I was like, who thought this yeah, was a good idea? I was like, get this off, well, yeah. Like everyone was trying to copy the John Madden like turducken because that's so elite and like such yeah, that, a great that, prize. That's like, elite. And like the copper, not a bad trophy. The Phil Sims like iron thing that they were doing was brutal, brutal. Yeah, I agree. Not a great look. Not a, how long not, did they do that not, for? Only like two years. I I think they did the whole time Phil Sims was. The, like the main color guy for CBS. By the way, before we need to look up who won that. By the way, before we go, I I do need to say this when we're talking about obscure jerseys. My buddy Dom for his birthday got a Theo Riddick jersey. He chose to get a Theo Riddick jersey, a real one. Okay, when was his Hardo? When was his birthday? Hardo? Yeah. Hardo? That's like the biggest look at me move of all. That's that's. I'll tell you what. That's the thought process behind a lot of these jerseys. Is like, oh yeah, Dude, I'm be the guy who's got to go out of the box. I'm gonna get a Theo Reddick jersey. You see him play like six times a game, but I'm gonna get his jersey. Theo was good. Theo was like good. Theo. I know. I know. I, I think he's a fan favorite. I will say this: the jersey's fine, but when he purchased it, you could make that case for Benowitz. It was like the last year he was there. He's like, that's my guy. I'm sticking with him. I'm like, okay. I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that because I bought a Levy jersey after he was already, like, kind of on the downswing. It was more just like I loved him. And I was like, I need this. Yeah. Yeah. Last uh, one, there's a million the Dominican Sioux jerseys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, bought, I, I bought one immediately. He was, I think he was the biggest, like, move the needle guy the Lions have ever drafted. He was fantastic. Brock had one, too, like, right after we drafted and bought one. Yeah. yeah. It was huge. Okay. All right, is that it? That's yeah. a fun little topic down the show. It was good. That wasn't bad, guys. I think we did pretty well given the circumstances. We did, yep. but I will say when we get back in action, it's gonna be it's gonna be something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're gonna have hopefully, some fever. Hopefully, it's three weeks we can get back in the studio. Not like yeah, dude. Two I months. hope so. I know. No kidding. Well, it, it, apparently, whenever the state like the mandate thing like. Stay inside. Whenever that ends, we're good to go back. I think, even though there'll still be like a, you know, there people advise people to stay stuff. inside. Yeah, yeah. There, there won't be sports, but we can at least come back to the studio. So. Yeah. 
Well, all right. I guess we'll cap that off. Uh, that's going to be it for the Motown Rundown today. Again, folks, if you're not following us on Twitter, at Motown underscore Rundown on Twitter or on Facebook at the Motown Rundown page, don't miss a single episode, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We have new episodes every week. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.